Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 69 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. I was recently diving into the topic of dispersal. It's always been fascinating for me when sub-adults move on and leave the nest. And I'm always just curious uh, the directions they head and why they're leaving, what factors go into that. And researchers can spend their whole life and still not identify, but there are certain key factors that lead into uh, the leaving of, of the home, so to speak. We do it uh, in our human lives. Um, where I live, roughly that age is right after high school, people will start dispersing. And they will go to college, they'll get jobs, they'll move into a new apartment, they'll go with friends. There's so many factors that go into that, uh, as well as elk and deer, moose, weasels, all wildlife, everybody disperses. While I was diving into the topic of dispersal, I came across a theory I'd never heard before, and if I had, I don't recall it very well. It's called the random walk theory, and... The first version of this was called the Brownian theory, and it was a scientist in 1827 studying pollen. And since then, the, they've come up with a name called the random walk theory. One of the best ways I've heard the random walk theory described is if a drunk left a bar, every time he took a step, it would be random. Sometimes he would take a step forward, other times he would go backwards he would take a step to the left and step to the right and every individual step was independent of all of the other steps except for the one where he was currently at and I didn't really understand how this would help you model animal behavior animal movement until I was reading about this the random walk theory, and I came across a finance version of it where the gentleman was talking about how the random walk theory applies to finances, and he was talking about stocks. So from an outside perspective, a person who had never come across stocks before, the prices going up and down appear to be random. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into the, the stock price going up and down. Uh, if there was a disaster at the company, it burnt down. Stock prices are then going to drop the next day. But to an outside perspective, a lot of these things seem to be random. And since we are not the decision makers in wildlife movement, the animals themselves are, their acts appear to be random. And so... Using this model, uh, the random walk theory can help us identify whether they are random or whether they are not. Oftentimes there are drivers, but in their day to day, if you take a short period of time, you would see a mule deer walking around in circles as it browses on feed. And then all of a sudden a cougar comes into play and they take off running and then it goes to get water. Everything seems to be random. But then over a long period of time, you can see that it was actually on this migration. But if you looked at it from day to day, the thought choices that it was making seem and appear to be random. So they use the random walk theory to help them identify animal behavior and things that may be affecting the choices in their thought process from day to day.
One study used the random walk theory, and they, they were looking at moose, and they put a variable in there. They called it the random walk theory with barriers, and the barriers were actually roads. And it, so they were random until they got near a road that created a barrier, and then once they got to that barrier, they actually started heading in the opposite direction of that barrier. And so they can look and see if there are things that are affecting their movement and driving them in a certain direction, whether it's a season, an event, whether it's predators. And so these are constantly being used to help identify animal behavior, animal movement, and responses to anything from predators to natural disasters to building a home. If somebody builds a home in their area, you can use random walk theory to see if that structure is affecting their migration routes. So dispersal got super complicated for me today. Uh, I still don't fully understand everything, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting to be able to model something like that and to uh, look at these aspects. I think, uh, I guess it's the same way as companies like Google or Facebook or Twitter, all those guys, they're capturing huge amounts of data and they have a pretty good understanding of our lives. Each of us, the direction that we go, where our home is, the type of things we are interested in. And as researchers get more data on wildlife, they should be able to start doing the same thing we should be able to start targeting and understanding those key aspects of their lives. All right, you guys. Sorry, I got a little techie. Hope I explained it clearly. If you have more questions, then you're probably going to have to delve into the internet for this one. Stay wild. Have a great day.